You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Good morning, Northridge Church. Happy New Year. Come on, 2022. It's here. All right. You guys are excited. I like it. 2022. It's good stuff. Hey, if I haven't gotten the chance to meet you, my name is Connell Christensen. Would love to get the chance to meet you. Uh, I have the honor, joy, privilege of hanging out with and leading our student ministry here, our 6th through 12th graders. I, I might have heard a couple of them. That's awesome. I do want to give a special shout out to my students, whether you're here in the room at Rochester, maybe you're tuning in out in Webster, or you're online with the family. Uh, welcome home. Can't wait to see you guys on Wednesday night. But to everyone, welcome home. Welcome to Northridge Church. You know, when I enter a new year, I like to look back and look at years previously. And before I even gotten the chance to look back, I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see this meme. I thought I'd share it with you. Do we have it? When you realize 2022 is pronounced 2022, T-O-O. <laughs> have a great Sunday, guys. We'll see you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Hopefully uh, 2022 will be nothing like 2020. But no, really, I do look back. I look back at years past, maybe just not just 2021, but 2020 and 2019. And what I do is, is I look back and we look back and we go, okay, what did I do good? What are things that I did well? Physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, what are things in my life that I want to continue to grow in? But then we also look back and we go, there's some things that, that I need to, to cut. I got to stop doing. And so what we do is we create new goals. We create new aspirations. We create new dreams. And we get ready to go and rock and roll into a new year. Are you ready to rock and roll into a new year? Because if you're anything like me, you flipped over the calendar to 2022 for some of you students, your mom flipped over the calendar fridge to 2022. The iPhone now reads 2022. You celebrated the new year with your friends and your family, and the ball dropped. We're ready. But you may still be facing the same darkness that you faced in 2021. Are you still facing the same hurts? Are you still facing the same sin struggle? the same relationship struggle, the same family loss, the same anxiety, the same depression, the same sickness, the same brokenness. I'm wondering if the calendar's turned, but your heart hasn't. You know, this morning, the last thing I wanna do is, is give another sermon on a new year and a new you. And I, I'm wondering if, what if instead of putting on a, a one-month facade for 2022 here in January, what if we really wrestled with the things that we're dealing with? What if we really wrestled with the brokenness that we've carried into this new year? I also don't want to make this morning a sad, a sad morning either because it's 2022, it's exciting, but I believe that when we wrestle with things that are hard, when we wrestle with our suffering, when we wrestle with hard emotions, I believe that there's not just a light at the end of the tunnel, but I believe there's even a greater light and a greater grace at the end of your suffering. 
We're going to spend our time this morning in Lamentations chapter 3. You guys can go ahead and open your Bibles there. Open the Northridge app. That's the easiest way to follow along with us this morning. If you're at home, tune in on online, grab your cup of coffee, grab the family. I know you avoided the snow if you live in Rochester, but uh, excited to dive in together. You know, Lamentations isn't a, a book of the Bible I think we find ourselves in very much. Uh, it was really over the past couple of months that I started to engage with Lamentations and engage with the book. And Lamentations has five chapters and they're all lament poems. Some other places in the Bible you might find a lament poem are in places like Job or even more commonly Psalms. If you want to do any later reading, Psalm chapter 10 and Psalm chapter 13 are some of my favorite lament poems. Lament poems uh, really set out to do three different things. And and I'll give you just a quick definition of the word lament. It just means to express grief or sorrow. So lament poems do one of these three things. They are, could be a form of protest. They're a way to process emotion. And they're a place to voice confusion. And what I want to do specifically with you in the next 20 to 25 minutes is I'd like to walk you through four different steps of lament that I've found very helpful to myself. And they come from a book called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I told our earlier service this, and I'll tell you guys this. This book has impacted me so much that the first five people who text me or come up to me, uh, I will buy you this book. I will purchase this book if you're interested. It's called Dark Clouds, deep mercy. So four different steps of lament we're going to walk through this morning. And previously before Lamentations chapter three, in the first two chapters, uh, the Israelite people have just been overtaken by Babylon. The Babylonians have totally wiped out the Jerusalem city. If you're a Bills fan like me, the first 20, 19, 20 of my 23 years of my life felt like Tom Brady was wiping my household out just because it's, we got Josh Allen now, we're good. But Jeremiah, who's the writer of Lamentations chapter three, he looks out at the city of Jerusalem and all he sees is brokenness and ruin. He looks inward at himself and all he sees is a broken man. And he looks back out and he sees a broken people, God's people, broken. And so we pick up in Lamentations Chapter three, verses six through nine, Jeremiah says this, he's made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He's walled me in so I cannot escape. He's weighed me down with chains and even when I call out or I cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He's barred my way with the blocks of stone. He's made my paths crooked. Jeremiah is voicing his emotion. He's voicing his confusion to God. Have you ever felt like Jeremiah? Have you ever felt like there's so much darkness around me? Have you ever felt like you're chained to your circumstances and you just can't escape? Have you ever prayed a prayer over and over and over again and it feels like, God, you're just not answering? Singles in the room, have you prayed over and over and over again for for the spouse? And it feels like God has been silent. 
Married couples, have you prayed over and over and over again for the blessing of a child and it feels like God has been silent? Parents, have you prayed over and over and over again of how to best raise your kids because they're getting into things that you don't want them getting into? You don't know how to parent. It feels like God is just silent in your prayers. Teens, those of you transitioning into places like college, have you prayed over and over again for the right college and it feels like God has been silent? Seniors going into retirement, are you wondering, what is, what, do I, what is my purpose in this next stage of life? And you've prayed over and over again, and it feels like God has been silent. Church, have you prayed for your suffering? And does it feel like God has just caused you to sit in your suffering? I don't know what you've been praying, but does it feel like God shut out your prayer? Jeremiah feels like that here in Lamentations chapter three. But Jeremiah also gives us a picture of the first two steps of the journey through lament together. And the first is turn to God in prayer. And secondly, we need to turn to God and pray and complain. You know, for whatever reason, I've found that Christians uh, tend to walk through suffering and have hard emotions and they suppress everything. They suppress everything. And I'm not just talking, talking to you. I've been in seasons of my life where I have suppressed emotions and hard things in my suffering, and I just try to, I just try to get through them. And I, I, can, I can feel the tension in the room right now. I'm sure you feel it in Webster and, and online. When I was wrestling with this, Connell, you're telling me to complain. You want me to complain? That, that's your, that's your go-to. And I am saying that. You know, if, if it wasn't, look at books like Lamentations. Look at the book of Psalms. Half of the Psalms are like lament poems. The early church used to sing out their frustrations and sing out these lament poems to the Lord, crying out to him amidst dark times. Now, I'm not giving you a, a right to be angry at God or just, just dwell up in anger, but I do believe there's such a thing as biblical complaint. Mark Rogap would say this, we complain based on the belief in who God is and what God can do. Psalm chapter 10, the psalmist gives us a perfect example of this where he says, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? You see, the psalmist, he complains based on who God is. If God is close to the brokenhearted, if God is faithful, if God is loving, why does he seem to stand so far off amidst suffering? He complains because he knows those truths, that God is faithful that God is loving, that God is compassionate. I wonder this morning if the next step in your faith journey is to practice these two steps of lament, to turn to God in prayer, to run to him, to not medicate with other things like relationships or food or drugs or media, but to really run to God, to really pray, and to voice your complaint. 
We'll get back to our text together. Verses 19 through 21, Jeremiah says this, I remember my affliction in my wandering. The bitterness in the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Something begins to change. Jeremiah looks back, he remembers his affliction. He looks out, he sees nothing but brokenness in ruin. But there's a specific word in our text together this morning. It's the word yet. Jeremiah says, yet this I call to mind. He's saying, darkness is around me, yet. Affliction is present, yet. My circumstances are terrible, yet. God hasn't answered my prayer, yet. You see, yet is a bridge to something. It's a bridge to our next step of lament, and that's to ask boldly. Yet means that we keep asking God for help even though the pain of life is so, so raw. Yet reminds us that sorrow, that our circumstances, that affliction, that suffering, they don't have the final say. Mark Rogop says it like this, part of the grace of lament is the way it invites us to pray boldly even when we're bruised badly. Do you pray boldly when you're bruised badly? I remember a time in 2016, the winter of 2016, it's my senior year in high school. No jokes, I know, I'm a, I'm a young guy. <laughs> and I, I get home from a basketball practice one night and it was one of those basketball practices where it's like, man, I hope I save some for the game tomorrow because I was dropping buckets. And I get home, you ever walk into a place and just feel, like you can feel the emotion in the room. Grew up in a really loving, joyful household, and I, I walk in, and my mom, my dad, my sister, just walk in, you could feel sadness. And we begin to sit down together as a, as a family, and as tears stream down their faces, I'll never forget what my dad said. The doctors found a nodule in my lung. It's cancerous. The shocky, weighty news of that just sucks everything out of you. Sucked everything out of me, and it wasn't until the winter of 2016 that I began to understand what lament was. You see, I had to turn to God. I had to run to him. I had to complain. I had to ask why, God. It's all I had. I had to keep asking boldly, though my dad could be on the verge of a deadly cancer scare. This is what I call to mind, that God hears me in the darkest hour of my night. I had to ask boldly. It's all I had. What in your life do you need to pray boldly about? What did you wake up with this morning that you need to run to the feet of the Father and lay it at his feet? Maybe you do turn to God in prayer. Maybe you have voiced your complaint. Maybe your next step is to just keep praying, just keep asking boldly. You see, your suffering, it's not the end of you, but it's the bridge to connecting your heart to the Father's heart. Don't take it from me, though. Take it from Jeremiah. Look at what he says. 
in verses 22 and 23, Jeremiah says, because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. For his compassions, they never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Some translations say that his mercy is new every morning. Jeremiah wasn't saying that it's God's mercy is new because it never existed in the past. But he is saying that his grace, his mercy, his love, compassion, mercy, and grace are always fresh. They're ready to be proved and known every day. You see, there's enough grace for you today. There's enough mercy for you today. There's enough love for you today. There's enough compassion for you today. And the same hope that Jeremiah had is the same hope for us this morning. And that's in letting God be God. Letting God be God. And that moves us to our last step of lament together this morning, and that's to choose to trust. You know, it's because of what the Bible says about who God is. It's because of his love, it's because of his compassion, it's because of his mercy and grace, it's because of his track record and his word that we choose to trust. So will you trust him this morning? Do you trust him this morning? In 2022, will you turn to him? Will you voice your complaint? Will you continue to keep asking boldly? And will you move yourself to trust? You know, I would guess the majority of of you in this room, in Webster, online, wherever you are, you have something that you're carrying. You have something clinging onto you from this past year. Maybe it was from years before. And my, my challenge for you this morning is to lament, to practice these four steps. And I believe, I trust that if you practice these four steps, you'll be reminded of this one thing, that God is completely sufficient in your suffering. You know, I tell my students this pretty regularly. I'd love to sit down with each, each one of you, grab a cup of coffee, talk about what, what, what's going good in life, what you're really dealing with. I'd love to do that with each one of you. But my hope is, is that if you were to practice these four steps of lament, if you would move yourself to choose to trust Jesus, that as you walk through life, as you go through life, you will come to the point where you say, man, God is completely sufficient for me in my suffering. You know, this morning, I'm not here to just give you this this token card that you can walk out and your suffering gets to go away if you practice these things. But I truly do believe in these four steps. I truly believe in our text together. And I truly believe that you will come to the place where you speak to yourself, where you start speaking to others that God is completely sufficient in my suffering. When we lament, you know, our hope isn't in the change of circumstances, but rather it's in the hope and the promise of God who never stops being merciful to you and to me in the darkest hour of our night. Jeremiah said it like this in verses 24 through 26. Jeremiah says, I say to myself, the Lord, he is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. 
The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Church, those of you that are suffering, that you're carrying something hard into this new year, lament and know that waiting is not a waste. Jeremiah proclaimed to the Lord that he is my full portion. In the midst of his darkest hour, in the midst of his people's darkest hour, in the midst of Jerusalem's darkest hour, he says it's good to wait on the Lord. It's good to wait for him. You see, putting your trust in the Lord at the end of the lament process means you will have to wait. To wait on the Lord is to trust that God will deliver you. He will deliver you. I don't know when that will be. Could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be next year. Could, might not be on this side of heaven. But he will deliver you. You know, to take you back to the winter of 2016, I had to wait on the Lord. I didn't know if God was going to take my father from me or if he was going to heal him. My grandma, because I'm a, I'm a young guy here, she, she gives this wisdom upon me pretty regularly. She'd say, to, to wait on the Lord is one of the hardest things you can do in this world. It's hard. But how many of you know this morning that it's in the winter seasons that God begins to plant a seed? And it's that seed that begins to grow and God begins to shape us and carve us into the men and women that he desires us to be. I want to be that man after God's own heart. I want our church to have men and women after God's own heart. And I believe that he does some of those great, great works in the winter seasons, in the hard seasons. But I don't want to leave you this morning without giving you some encouragement and some hope as you launch into this new year. Peter says this in, in 1 Peter 1, verse 3. He says, Praise be to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, today, despite the things we're walking through, despite the suffering, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, he's already won the battle. It's in his mercy that he's given us salvation, the greatest gift, eternal life in him. If he's the leader of your life, you look at the storm and you remind yourself that my God, he's completely sufficient for me in my suffering. Remind the storm that God is bigger and that he's sufficient. You know, if you haven't asked Jesus into your life, today's the day. No more time to wait. Today's the day. And here at Northridge, uh, we call each other family because we believe we're family. And this family here at Northridge would love to be a part of your next step in saying yes to Jesus. If you're at one of our physical locations here at Rochester, out in Webster, we have an environment called Next that is perfect for you. There's some incredible volunteers out there who are ready to talk to you and help you take that next step. If you're online, feel free to jump over to iwant.info and uh, we'll celebrate with you too. We, we, we can't wait for you to make that next step. So Northridge 2022, 
It's exciting. It's a big year. Will you decide to practice these four steps? Will you decide to lament? Will you wait for the Lord? Will you trust him amidst suffering? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you that we can trust you this morning. That though there will be hard things, we can sing, it is well with my soul because of what you did through your son on the cross. When you rose three days later, you defeated death, sin, and the grave for us. And because of that, we can say, even amidst the darkest hour, that you are completely sufficient in what we're going through. God, keep us close to your love. Keep us close to your word in this new year. Pray that we would see many blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.